everybody. Welcome to the Teacher's Purgatory podcast. It's been quite a long time. Take off the whole month of June. And I decided to start up again on July 2nd, 2018. Per request of Brandon Rust on Instagram. After he saw a little cocktail that I had made. So let's start off with our history fact of the week. This history fact of the week is brought to you by our fan, Neil Cunningham, for his English heritage. Thank you for letting us be independent or performing so badly in the Revolutionary War that you had to give up eventually. So this day, July 2nd, 1776, this is the day that the colonies gained, not gained, declared independence from England. It was not until July 4th that we finalized and sent it to King George. But it is July 2nd where the vote was taken to declare independence free from English rule. Now, very significant for a couple of reasons. One, something like this was unprecedented in a colony. The fact that a colony of English-speaking people, thinking themselves of English blood, were revolting from their quote-unquote parent country, which they had identified with, but yet did not feel represented by fairly. This was not a case of colonialism where the English moved in and sucked resources only and did not plant people inside as with some African colonies or you might even say some Caribbean um, countries or they weren't countries at that point but territories. But rather, this was a planting of English people in a new territory that were revolting distinctly from a large, powerful country. Now, most people say that the War of Independence was given up, not won, uh, not lost, but rather ceded to the American revolutionaries as they were. However, we should not diminish the, 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 the rhetoric and the reasons for which the colonies broke away from England, and that being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, as Thomas Jefferson wrote down. But also, the fact that the American colonies felt themselves to be economically viable and not represented fairly in the English Parliament, felt that English rule was too hands-on, and felt that they were getting the brunt of the English responsibility um, of their debts and wartime debts. So anyway, it goes on more and more of that. Very interesting stuff. If you actually read through all of the Declaration of Independence, you'll find that it doesn't attack necessarily all of England, but rather uh, attacks King George for the most part. 
not like King George had um, much power to tax anyway, but if you point at one person, it is much easier to point and blame one person than it is a number of people that um, have vote have voted to, uh, to tax you, and that being the parliament. But anyway, that is enough of the history fact of the week. It's good to be back. It's good to be back in Richmond over this past week, um, the last week of June. I was able to attend a teaching conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And man, I must say, Birmingham is a wonderful place. Wonderful. I was so shocked at the beauty of Birmingham as a city and the country surrounding it in Alabama. When you think of Alabama, you don't think of rolling hills and beautiful, um, I wouldn't call them mountains, like the Rocky Mountains, but, you know, sort of large hills. Um, Just really amazing landscape that I was not expecting. I was pleasantly surprised by Alabama, and I would not mind living there, which some of my friends do. So shout out to the Barrios, who took me in and Showed me around town, hit me up with some Alabama barbecue, and showed me around town, including some breweries, Um, and then explaining Star Wars to me. That goes out to Daniel Barrio. We had sat down and talked about the new Star Wars film, Um, not, not Solo. He said he saw Solo four times. I haven't seen it once. Can't give you a good review on it. But uh, we talked about The Last Jedi, and he thought it was great. He really enjoyed the action scenes. Big action guy. Um, I, on the other hand, did not enjoy it. I thought it was really corny. Really, really corny. Um, But he pointed out a few things that were legitimate, um, such as the fight scene where the quote-unquote supreme ruler, he gets taken out. Um, Yeah, that was pretty cool. I agree with that. But he also broke down... Like, what is going on politically in the Star Wars universe, which I had not recognized. I really thought at the end of the film that the, um, not the First Order, but rather the Resistance uh, was really like five or ten people, and that was it. And what can you do from there? But he was explaining to me uh, the politics of the galaxy, um, which was interesting because, you know, I brought up um, Sarah Huckabee and... He didn't know who she was. But anyway, (laughs) just had to get that one in there for you. I was down in Birmingham for a classical teaching conference. It's called the SCL, or Society of Classical Learning, and learned um, a good good refresher for what I'm about to go into in this next school year. Um, Had a a few thoughts on it. Um, Lots of intellectual minds there that really think hard about the classics and how to teach uh, grammar, logic, and rhetoric. So it was nice to be around those people and and hear that language once again. um, I'm going to be coming out of purgatory in a fashion that I had never done before, and that is teaching um, higher-level math, higher-level math. um, I say that thinking it's not elementary math it's just algebra but also 
uh, Latin and uh, the humanities as well. You could even count that as four subjects now that I think about it. But um, really interesting speakers that help remind me. Uh, I'm thinking of this as I reflect on the conference itself. And we have a problem in education. And the problem is not necessarily a teacher's fault or superintendent's fault. It's rather a culture against society problem. And I'll tell you what that means in a second. So you have this overwhelming idea in culture that education needs to be equal. That means everybody should have the opportunity or has the God-given right to have an education. And what that has come to mean instead of an education as we know it, or education as we know it, being uh, a school education, um, you know, graduating through high school, and then you have the right to go to college. Everybody has the right and opportunity to go to college, um, community college or um, junior college or four-year college, or um, even some parents think their child has the right to get an Ivy League education. But when we say education, that's that's really what people mean. But if we look at it in another sense, or the sense that I would look at it, as everyone deserves an education of some sort. It doesn't necessarily have to be academic. It could be trade school. You know, it could, it could be a four-year college. But it doesn't have to be academic. I mean, it could be um, a education in knitting. It could be education in a, as a mechanic. You know, there's other things that we learn and that we can teach that don't necessarily have to be in a classroom and that not everybody is pointed out for. But anyway, you have this idea in culture that everybody is entitled to an education and that sounds great. Sounds great. But then look at what society says after you've completed that education. Society promotes and says you need a job and you need to succeed more than the person next to you. This is even seen in our capitalist economy. You know, you are going to try to offer goods and services that people want and need and build your own capital off of it and try to get ahead of the other person that's offering the same goods and need or wants and goods or you're trying to be unique and build your own business. But it's all for capital gain, moving ahead, and by doing that, moving the invisible hand, as it were, John Smith, and eventually benefiting off of the education you received to build a successful life. So the problem becomes this. We are teaching everybody that they deserve the same education as their neighbor. But when we instill that in them during the education, they are supposed to come out and outperform their peer. Or that's kind of what's expected for you to be successful. My point being, we are not really teaching or educating 
in a way that would be beneficial to that model. We are going in opposite directions. Now, when I say we, I mean the overall education world. This is more um, public sector education or educational um, field of academia. So while we want equality in education, we also expect there to be a difference or a competition outside of that once they're done in their education. Now, how do you put those things together? I have not figured that out yet, and I don't know what it will do to the American society. Something has to give way soon. That's what I know. Something has to give way soon, and we'll find out. It'll be not fun to watch, more like a tragedy, an American tragedy, if you will. Speaking of American tragedy, there is a great podcast. It's completely irrelevant, but it's called American Tragedy. That's why I thought of it. Uh, on iTunes, it's called American Tragedy. It's about the 1998 World Cup team. I highly recommend it if you are a sports fan at all, any sport, um, because it talks about team and it talks about individual players, that when things go wrong, they actually go wrong. Even if you're not into sports and you just recognize that you work as a team at work, work as a team at work, in your own business, listen to this podcast. You will learn quite a bit about uh, team dynamics and what can go wrong. So that's my plug on American Tragedy. Now, the reason why I'm thinking of this um, push of education in one way and society in another way is because it's, you know, it kind of leaks down to the private sector where you have, all right, everybody's entitled to the same education for us, and we're going to teach our children that, and uh, that they are all the same, and that's just not true. That's just not true. You don't all have the same abilities and skills. That is not true. Now, are you all the same in God's eyes? Sure. Absolutely. When it comes to your soul and being one of God's children made in his image, yes, you are. But when it comes to the certain gifts and abilities that you have, there can be much difference. Much difference. Yeah, that's the right word. So I just want uh, to put that in your ear as you're listening to this um, and give you a little some ideas that was going through my mind. So what have you missed? Have you missed me? I can't say I really missed you. I uh, just wanted to take a long break from this um, and just kind of decompress. I had some trips coming up, like this trip to Birmingham, and uh, trying to finish off a course that I have left over to do um, in the month of July. So anyway, uh, my travels my travels led me to Chicago. Chicago, shut down. And there I was able to walk for my DePaul graduation. Now, I'd never been to a graduation that big. And boy, it was boring. And I'm only going to do it once. And I will never do it again. But it was a good experience. Um, so DePaul has its campus in downtown Chicago. 
more on the north side. However, their stadium and arena, which was built for them, is called Windstar Arena, I believe. Uh, specifically houses, or it was built for DePaul basketball. And uh, it hosts some other events like concerts, um, as you probably well know. And some other arena events, I'm sure. I think the WNBA team plays there. But um, that's where the ceremony was held. So this large arena and, um, you know, you graduate with three other colleges. So you graduate with the Health and Science College and I believe the Communications College along with the Education College. And uh, all, all people graduate. So it's doctorates, masters and undergrads. So it was an interesting experience. Um, I was very happy uh, to walk and get a chance to visit Chicago. That was obviously more of the highlight. Um, Things I did not like were, of course, waiting so long. Um, And undergrads decorating the top of their graduate cap. It's a weird thing to not like and care about, but I really think it looks stupid. I really think it looks dumb. It's like it's not a it's not a poster board. Not a poster board and it's not that cute and nobody should really care what you put on it or what you went through. We're all in the same basket. We're getting the same diploma from the president. Um that doesn't even have the diploma in it. It's just an alumni letter and you just carry like it, you know. I have to be unique. Well, you're wearing the same blue robe as everybody else. So, um, anyway, I just find those kind of silly, to be honest with you. The decorated graduation caps. But back to Chicago. So, Chicago was a lot of fun. We stayed right downtown on the Magnificent Mile. I was always calling it the Miracle Mile. I don't know why. But it's Magnificent Mile. I got it down. And it was foggy the whole time. And we, uh, the first, we got in and we went and saw the bean, first of all. Um, we actually were trying to go to breakfast and there was a 30 minute wait for breakfast at this, uh, I think it's called Wildberry Pancakes. A very popular place, even on a rainy day. And we were, went to the restaurant, put our name in, and they said 30 minutes left. And we were right next to, the the park where the bean was so we you know kind of ran over to the bean took our pictures went under it and it's a cool it is a cool structure if you've never been under it uh, or around it um it's a cool i guess art piece and uh a, a large tourist groups there which can be hilarious for people watching then we went back had breakfast and then um went back to the hotel and got a quick nap because we had the cubs game to go to so uh, we bought some Cub shirts to fit in, and we took the the uh, subway to the Cubs game and saw the Cubs win. Uh, so, the sun came out, and it was, it was great. Very, you know, when you go to a historic park like that, you just want to watch the game and just soak up the atmosphere. And I will say Wrigley Field is a fans, is a fan stadium, meaning – if you're a fan of the team and you just like watching baseball, that's the stadium for you. It's not necessarily a date stadium. A date stadium is one you bring a date to and you watch the Jumbotron the whole time because you want to see the hot dogs race and then you want to see the kiss cam and hope 
that you don't get on it while your girlfriend is really hoping that you get on it. But that is not the stadium. The stadium is doesn't have any gimmicks like that, and you just sit and watch the game. There's really not a bad seat unless you're sitting way up to the top. Um, but if you're anywhere, anywhere on the lower concourse, um, it's a really fun place to watch a baseball game. Um, also, another shout-out to Neil Cunningham uh, for um, just allowing us. He knows what he did out there for us. Um, but, yeah, thank you. So after we got out of the, out of the game, um, went back to the hotel and, well, I, lie, we went and visited the DePaul campus just to see what I was getting into. And then we went and got deep dish pizza. I'm a fan of deep dish pizza, I must say. I don't necessarily like it better than any other type of pizza, but it is a nice change up. It is a nice change up every once in a while, um, but it's hard to find. In Chicago, it's all over the place. On to the real story. The next day I graduated, so on and so forth. The next day we had to get out of there, and it was foggy in Chicago. And they are, and it was foggy in BWI, which we were flying to. And they were canceling all these flights, left and right. And we were like, oh, no, we're not going to get on our flight. We call up Southwest, ask them if our flight's going to go. They say, probably not. Your flight's probably not going to go. So we're like, oh, no, what do we do? Because I have to get back for summer camp. Otherwise, things will happen. So I'm really very stressed out at this point. So we decided to do the unthinkable, and that is rent a car and drive from Chicago to Baltimore to pick up our car and then drive from Baltimore to Richmond. All in all, that would be 13 hours in the car in basically the dead of night. So we, we do it. We rent a car. Drive through Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, into Maryland, into BWI. We paid every state on the way because you have to use every state's turnpike. It's $20 a piece to use this stupid turnpike. And then we arrive in Baltimore, have to take, you know, have to return the rental car, have to take the the bus over to our car. It's downpouring rain. Like, like the worst situations you could think of, that's what was happening. I guess snow would be worse. But anyway, get in our car, and it's 5 o'clock in the morning. So, of course, we're like, we're not going to do this. We're not going to drive to Richmond at 5 o'clock in the morning so I can get to work at 8. So we just end up um, taking the day and just saying, you know, let's go back and let's you know, stop at my brother-in-law's place and just rest until we feel ready to drive to Richmond. And that's eventually what we did. We finally made it back home. I I still don't know why we drove. It's almost like a dream to me that we drove from Chicago to Baltimore, Baltimore to Richmond. But in any case, we did it. And uh, we're back home safely. So that was the saga of the Chicago trip. Which brings me to my restaurant rating of the week. So in Chicago, we went to Pequod's Pizza. It's on the north side or in the northern end of Chicago. And um, the problem I had with this place was kind of the atmosphere. Um, a little dive, you know, a little divey for me. Um, no weight because we called ahead. That was good. 
not great service. Okay. Uh, but you got to know when you order deep dish pizza that it takes a long time for it to come out. Long time. They didn't have a bar, only beer and wine. That was a downer. Um, we sat at a high top. There were very little booths to, to sit at. But all in all, as my first real Chicago deep dish experience, it was uh, pretty good. Um, we just got the half pepperoni, half cheese. Um, I'm a pepperoni guy. Alexis is not. Um, I really liked it. I will say, although deep dish is not a pizza that you put in the fridge afterwards, don't do it. It's not that good afterwards. Just try to eat as much as you can and then give the rest away. Anyway, for a number rating for Pequod's Pizza in Chicago, 7.1. I think that's fair. I think it's very fair um, for the atmosphere that it presented. Uh, I would say check it out. I mean, I don't know any other place in Chicago. You know, you keep, you keep asking for um, recommendations, and people are all over the place about what this is the best place. So uh, j- just go and uh, find out for yourself, Pequod's Pizza. All right, let's get into uh, some other segments. So as you can tell, I've been a- – or as you can tell. As you know, I've been gone for a little while, and we've – been watching some new shows on Netflix that I'm going to recommend to you. The first one, shout out to Jason Blight, is Evil Genius. Evil Genius. This is about a bank robbery and subsequent murder via bombing in Erie, Pennsylvania. And the characters in Evil Genius will will not blow your mind but will make you like shake your head and just wonder how in the world did this happen um it is very intriguing it is a three-part documentary i believe um we had friends we recommended it to and they watched it in the whole night i'm not saying do that i'm just saying they did and it's possible and it's one of those shows that you'll want to do that you'll want to click next episode just to see uh, what happens. Um, very intriguing. I will say it's kind of graphic. So you have children. Don't watch it around children. Uh, because they actually show the bombing. Um, and what happens there. So just be careful. The second in relation to that. You know how Netflix puts. Uh, since you watched Evil Genius. Watch blah blah blah. Anyway they suggested Staircase. And Staircase is about a author by the name of Michael Peterson. Maybe you've heard of him before. I have not. I'm not well read in that section of books, I guess. Michael Peterson is an author and he his wife, his second wife was found dead at a stair on a staircase one night while they were together. Uh, he called in the ambulance and the police. They smelled foul play and blamed it on him, and they take him to trial. They later find out that a similar thing happened. Uh, he had a friend about 17 years before that uh, die in a staircase almost in the same exact way, and so they really think that he murdered 
this woman. And this one's a little longer. It's like 11 episodes. Uh, you find out whether he is convicted or not in about the seventh episode. So it's it's really well done, though. Like, they follow um, the defense mostly. They follow some of the prosecution at the beginning, but more of the defense. And it really gets your brain spinning about whether he really did it or not. They definitely profile him quite a bit. Um, I found myself rooting for the defense because I liked the lawyer. And I thought he did a good job. But I didn't necessarily find myself rooting for Michael Peterson to get off. But you'll have to make your own judgment when you watch the show. But I recommend that one as well. We're watching those back to back. Anyway, for Evil Genius, let's go back to my uh, banana ranking. For Evil Genius, I'm going to give that a solid 8.2 out of 10 bananas. Staircase, I haven't finished yet. But so far, it's it's less. Uh, 7.3 bananas out of 10 for Staircase right now. Um, anyway, you, you like them. If you like crime stuff, if you're into uh, making a murder, if you're into serial, those type of things, you'll, you'll like these um, two shows on Netflix. Now we're about ending here. I'm about to wrap it up. I'm just doing this one solo by myself on Bachelorette Night. Bachelor, Bachelorette. Bachelorette Night on Tuesday. What's it? Monday? Monday. Bachelorette Night on Monday. Um, my wife is out watching a viewing or in a viewing party. Can't speak all of a sudden. And the Bachelorette was filmed in Richmond. It was pretty funny. The you know at the end, like she announces where they're going, and she goes, "We are going to a place known for its lovers." And of course, like in previous shows, they all go like, "We're going to Fiji. We're going to Rome. We're going to Paris." You know, you know, uh, exotic or just very nice places to go. And she goes, "We're going to Richmond, Virginia." And the guys look at each other like, "Oh, great." Awesome. Yay, Richmond. I had the same exact feeling. Yay, Richmond. What a great place. Anyway, um, since it's being filmed in Richmond, she went to a viewing party where all they're going to do is go, Hey, I know where that is. I know where that is. I know where that is. Um, it's like, great, me too. I know where that is too. But too bad I wasn't at the filming or on The Bachelorette. Anyway, some other thoughts related to that. But... I will spare you. Um, coming up as we move along in the podcast, college football season is around the corner. I know it's the beginning of July, but we've we can dive into our previews. I think I'm going to go ACC, SEC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and Big Twelve season previews with different guests. That is my goal. Whether that happens or not. Will be yet be to be seen. Um, like I said, I have some things to finish up this month, but I'm definitely looking forward to bringing on some guests. And let's uh, let's start the timer until my students find out I have a podcast. My new students uh, in this next year, and we'll, we'll, I'll let you know. This is podcast one that they have not found out about. Have a great weekend before I 
formally shove you off, let's get to our verse of the week. In our church, we are going through the Psalms, and we are in Psalm 15 uh, this week. We had a sermon about it, but um, let's just read a couple verses from there. Uh, this, this psalm, when I read it, I automatically think of Christ, because it's describing Christ, um, but it also gives us some good insight about um, what God expects and what is holiness, really. All right, so here we go. Here is Psalm 15. O Lord, who shall, who shall sojourn in your tent? Who shall dwell on your holy hill? He who walks blamelessly and does what is right and speaks truth in his heart, who does not slander with his tongue and does no evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but who honors those who fear the Lord, who swears to his own hurt and does not change, who does not put out his money at interest and does not take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So there you go. Where do we find our virtue? We find our virtue in the Lord. So hope that verse resonates with you as we wrap up the podcast. Looking forward to a great July. Please contact me with any uh, thoughts on the podcast, even if they're negative criticisms. I can take it. So anyway, have a good week and happy 4th of July.